Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Whitburn Pentecostal Church today. So good to see everyone. It's quite unusual to have that lull before I start and not have the manic trying to calm everybody down. That's quite nice, actually. So welcome to those who are online as well. Um, great to see everyone today. And we're looking forward to just being in God's house, being in his presence, being in each other's presence. It's great when we come together, we can encourage each other. And uh, Psalm 100 says this, listen to these incredible words. Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come into his presence with singing. Why do we worship God at the start of our gatherings? Because it says to come into his presence with singing. And we'll keep doing that. Know that the Lord is God. It is he that made us and we are his. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him. Bless his name for the Lord is good. His steadfast love endures forever and his faithfulness to all generations. From the oldest person in here to at this point in time, I think Cain is the youngest person in here. Um, God is faithful to every generation. You notice I didn't say who the oldest person was. We'll not go there. But it's great to be in God's house. Let's stand if you're able to. We're going to worship God. We're going to sing our praise to him and just enter into his gates with thanksgiving. Enter into his courts with praise. Do you know, just before I pray, maybe we want to just shut our eyes and give thanks to God for something this morning and just pray our prayers into ourselves, prayers of thankfulness. Just, just for 30 seconds, let's just pray our prayers of thankfulness this morning as we come into his presence today. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Father, your word says, in everything give thanks. Everything give thanks. Father, in the circumstances that we find ourselves today, Lord, we come into your presence. We give you thanks. We give you praise. We give you honor. We give you all the glory. Father, you are worthy of our praise. You're worthy of our glory. You're the only person uh, who, who really deserves our praise. And so we're coming into your presence this morning with thanksgiving. Father, we want to enter your courts with praise. And Lord, we pray that as we begin to praise your name this morning, that our songs would be worshipped to you, that they would honour and lift up your name in this place today. Father, for those who are online, wherever they find themselves, Father, we pray that they'd be able to just lift up the name of Jesus in praise as well today. Lord, that we would glorify you. Lord, that we would honour you. Lord, that we would just lift up the name of Jesus in our gathering today. In his name we ask it. Amen. Amen. Let's praise him.
Christ as Lord, to the glory of God the Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus, we thank you for everything that you have accomplished. Everything that you've accomplished on our behalf in obedience to your Father. Everything that you've accomplished, Father, has been done for us. Lord, we just thank you. We thank you for everything that has been done on our behalf. We thank you that the price for our sin has been paid. Father, that the debt has been paid, that the slate has been wiped clean. Father, that we can stand in freedom before you today. Lord, we just thank you for the words of the songs that we've been singing. And Lord, that a, de a declaration of our heart this morning to, to say that you are Lord. You are Lord of our lives. You're Lord of this church. You're Lord in this community. And Father, we just pray that there would just be that manifestation of your Lordship, that manifestation of your kingdom in our lives, in our families, in this church, in our community, in the communities that are represented here today, Father. We're not just representing one community, but many. And Father, we pray that there would be that manifestation of the kingdom in the communities that we represent. Father, that there would be that manifestation of the kingdom in the streets in which we live, in the homes that we live in. Father, we just pray, may we be ambassadors for the King of Kings and the Lord of all Lords. Father, we pray, lead us into everything that you have for us, whether individually or corporately. Father, lead us, we pray. Guide us into all the things which you have for us. Lord, we pray, open up our eyes. Help us to see the things that we can't see yet. Lord, we just pray, help us to walk in obedience to you, to walk in faith. We ask these things in Jesus' precious name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Please be seated. Boys and girls are going to head out to uh, Rainbow Kids. So if you just want to, sorry, Treasure Kids, done it again. Apologies. I'll get there eventually. Just break for a few minutes uh, while the kids are going out. Uh, we'll break for one minute, maybe 30 seconds while the kids are going out. Everybody's very quiet today. It's really kind of strange. Are we all okay? Just checking. Not like everybody to be so quiet on a Sunday. Normally it's trying to get people to be quiet. That's the problem. And uh, my single voice above all the others can be a challenge sometimes. Great to be in God's house. Welcome to all who are here today. Welcome if you're a visitor with us today. If you're visiting online, welcome as well. Um, it's good to be in God's house just a, a couple of announcements. This week coming is the school's October week, so the normal groups will be off this week. Things like uh, toddlers and kids and youth, all those things will be off this week. How, however, we will continue to pray this week on Monday and Tuesday. So Monday in the morning on Zoom at half past nine, and Tuesday night on Zoom at seven o'clock if you're able to join. But the prayer nights and morning will be off the following weekend, uh, just so that you're aware. So this week on, but next week off. So everything will be kind of reversed in the following week, but we'll let you know about that. Um, I also plan to take a bit of time off over the next uh, few days, just October break time, and just take time to rest. However, um, tomorrow night, Monday night, at seven o'clock here in the church, the Foundations Group will be on again. 
So if you're part of that group, then come along. If you've not managed to get to it and you want to learn about the Christian faith, um, learn about the basics, ask questions, um, then come along and uh, you can be part of that at 7 o'clock tomorrow night. And just to remind you up the back, um, underneath the cross on the table there, uh, there is this big massive uh, Christmas card thing for the persecuted church. If you didn't get a chance to sign that last Sunday, it's up there. Um, get a chance to sign it. I had a wee look, there's lots more uh, messages on that. So please let's encourage uh, our brothers and sisters in other countries. It will, uh, as I said last week, go to Colombia. Um, let's just bow our heads in prayer for a minute, if we can, just before we come to the, the message today. Father, we pray that our spiritual eyes and ears would be open to hear what you want to say to us. Lord, we pray um, that not only would we hear and understand, that we would find a way to put into practice the things that we hear in your word. Lord, it's not any good if we don't put it into practice. And so we just come before you and Lord, ask us, ask you to give us the wisdom to not only to listen, but to, to know how to put into practice the things which you're saying. So guide us in these next few moments, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So the passage that I'm going to read from today is Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. The the message is entitled, Run to Win. Um, It's the first in a series of messages that I'm going to share. The first one is Run to Win, Run with Understanding, and then lastly, Run with Others. So just a little mini-series over the next few weeks, and at the end of that, we'll have a guest speaker with us. We'll have Alistair Barton from Pray for Scotland coming uh, to speak in our church. I'm really excited about that. I've been trying to get Alistair to come to the church for about three years now and never quite, it's never worked. And, and then when we did plan it, he took COVID and then the next time he wasn't well and it's like, so he's hopefully coming um, in a few weeks time to visit us. And uh, he said, what do you want me to speak on? I was like, I want you to come and speak about prayer <laughs> because you are the leader of Pray for Scotland and uh, I would love to hear Alistair's input into the church on that. Um, Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 is a passage that I've spoken on. In fact, last August I spoke from this very same passage. However, if you take notes, you'll find that the message is nothing like the last one that I spoke on, okay? Um, And today, I would say, is not so much um, a teach or a preach. It's more just a a kind of devotion. It's a kind of homily, if you like, Um, just sharing some thoughts that will hopefully help us on our journey today. And uh, Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 says this, Therefore, Since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. And I've emboldened some words there. Do you know, I've preached, the message that I'm going to preach today, I've preached in so many different ways over the years. And for me, it's just one of those basic things that we need to sometimes be reminded of. Somebody once said we need reminded more often than we need taught. I don't know if you would agree with that or not. There are lots of things about the Christian life that I forget sometimes, especially, and I don't know if you've noticed this, when you're in the heat of the moment and something's going on and you should really remember that I shouldn't react like that or I shouldn't say that or I shouldn't do that, but we forget in the moment. Sometimes we need to be reminded more often than we need to be instructed And I've said this many times, much of what we need to know about the Christian faith is very simple. It's just not always easy to put into practice. There are depths of theology that we could go into, and there are people who study theology and yet remain unchanged by what they know. 
we can be the greatest theologian in the world, but if it's not affecting how we live our lives, then what, what, what good is it? It's an intellectual exercise. Jesus said this. He says, you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. If knowing the truth is not changing us, then what good is the truth? If the truth is not changing us and setting us free inside, then I would suggest that it's not beneficial to us. And sometimes we only really know the truth by living the truth. Even in the dark and difficult days, that's how we get to know the truth. When we're in the middle of the, the situation, when we're in the fix, when the heat's on, when the toothpaste tube is getting squeezed and what's coming out, who we are really on the inside, the unconverted, the untransformed part of us that reacts into the situation. We need to grasp the truth and allow the truth to transform us so that when the squeeze is on, that God comes out. I was just thinking um, about uh, last Sunday, there were some people doing something last Sunday. I don't know if you caught what it was on the television. They were running the marathon. And here's some pictures of the crazy people who ran the marathon, okay? 40,000 people took part in the London Marathon this year. And there was one lady, and her name is Gina Little, and she was one of them, 77 years old, and she ran her 38th London Marathon at 77 years old. But that's not all. The London Marathon was her 601st marathon that she ran. Imagine that, 77 and running her 601st marathon. That's 15,746.2 miles, just in case you're wondering. And you look at people like this and you just go, wow, that was amazing. I couldn't run a marathon just now. And I'm not 77. And I don't know if you caught the highlights. I was listening to the highlights and Paula Radcliffe, she was doing this really emotional, cool commentary thing at the start, and it was really moving. And I wished I could have recorded it and played it, but I, I can't because it was an iPlayer. And this is what she said. Everything you want to know about yourself, you'll learn in those 26.2 miles. When you feel like your legs can't run anymore, run with your heart. I wish this was Paula Radcliffe saying it. You've got all emotional Focus on how far you've come rather than how far you have left. Dig deep and remember why you're doing this. And what she said at the end of this commentary blew me away. I thought, she could be preaching a sermon here. She says, the road is long and hard, but the rewards are everlasting. Wow. And that's just running a marathon. We're running a spiritual race here, and we actually know in actual fact that the rewards are eternal, everlasting. And it says in that passage, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, when you read the word in the Bible, therefore, and that's where you start, you need to say, well, what is the person talking about? What went before the word therefore? Hebrews 11 is what came before Hebrews 12, just in case you were wondering. Where the writer talks about Abel, Enoch, Noah, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph, Moses, and those who passed through the Red Sea, Rahab, and the writer doesn't have time to tell us about Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, David, Samuel, and the prophets 
who all exercised faith. And the writer concludes by saying this, these were all commended for the faith, yet none of them received what had been promised. Incredible. None of them received what had been promised. God had planned something better for us so that only together with us would they be made perfect. The people who have ran the race before us, all these heroes of the faith. I don't know about you, sometimes I think about the heroes, my heroes of the faith. There are people that I know who, for me, have been my heroes of the faith. Not people from ancient history, people who I know who have passed on into eternity who are my heroes of the faith. And the Bible tells us that we're surrounded by this cloud of witnesses. And yet none of them received what had been promised. These people that we read about in Hebrews 11, it says that none of them received what was promised. And yet they continued faithful. Sometimes in church life, and I pray this often, Lord, fulfill your word over this church. The things which you've spoken, fulfill your word over this church. I believe God is beginning to do that. But sometimes you're like, Lord, will you not hurry up? And we get impatient for God to fulfill his word. But God has a timing in everything. There's a timing in everything. And we're surrounded by this cloud of witnesses cheering us on. I don't know if you're aware of the cheer sometimes. Sometimes life can feel very silent when you're struggling. And it'd be good to hear somebody cheering us on. Can I just say, there's a tremendous power and encouragement. Let's not wait to cheer somebody on. Let's do it today. Let's cheer on somebody today and say, by the way, you're doing a great job. And there are things that hinder and there is sin which so easily entangles us. The sin that so easily entangles us. Do you know, I'd say I'm quite a down-to-earth person but that's mostly because of gravity. In fact, I read a book on zero gravity. I couldn't put it down. Dum, dum, dum. <laughs> and it's the only thing about cycling that gets me down <laughs> is gravity. By the way, see when you're coming down the Climpy Bray. Does anybody know where the Climpy Bray is? Coming down the back road for fourth to the headless cross at Shots on the way to Shots. See that Bray, by the way? When I come down that bray, as a result of the force of gravity, as well as me pedaling like mad, I can hit 40 mile an hour on that bray on my bike. And you're like, I hope the wheels are tight. <laughs> 40 mile an hour is quite fast when you're on a push bike. Gravity will always pull us down. Thank goodness for that. Or I would be floating up on the ceiling. We'd have to adjust the cameras. It will always pull us down. And it, there's a spiritual analogy here. Our wounds... And the sin which so easily entangles us will always pull us down. It will always pull us down. The only way to get to zero gravity with our woundedness and our sin is by coming to God and confessing it and asking him to make us clean, to repent, to turn around. And the Bible talks about throwing off, casting off, casting aside everything. We need to get rid of the excess weight says he, when he's cycling. <laughs> Every encumbrance, everything that will slow us down needs to be cast off if we want to run and if we want to win the race. The passage talks about the sin that so easily entangles us. Sin makes for slow going. If you're 
If you've got things going on in your life that you need to be sorting out, they'll just slow you down. It'll be make for slow going. It's like trying to cycle up the Climpy Bray. You can cycle down it at 40 mile an hour, but you can't cycle up it at 40 mile an hour because the force of gravity is pulling you down all the time. If you hit three mile an hour on the way up, you're doing well, for me anyway. And it's like that with sin. It slows us down. It hampers our progress. It stops us from moving forward. And the Bible says that we've all sinned and fallen short of God's standard. Every single person. And I'm looking out at wonderful people in this church today. And I'm looking out at people who I think, I look at you and I think they never do anything wrong. They're all so wonderful. You never do anything wrong. And that's what I think. And then, and then the Bible tells me that we've all sinned. And I'm like, well, they must be doing some things. Because that's what the Bible says. And by the way, if it's happening to me, it must be happening to other people. The problem is that we don't like to admit it. And perhaps what's worse, and perhaps what's harder, is that we can't actually see it in ourselves. Have you ever thought about that? If you want to know what your thorn in the flesh is and you don't know, ask somebody else and they'll tell you what it is. Right? Because guaranteed somebody else will see it in you. You will see it in me. You will see it in others. I can see it sometimes as well in other people. And this sin is something that hinders us. It just entangles us. It gets round us and just holds us and it'll want to pull us down. But we need to get rid of it. We need to loosen all that off. If those runners in the marathon, and some of them have these big fancy costume things on for raising money for charity. I think, how do they run in that? Well, the reality is they have to run much slower because they can't run at the same pace as the winners run because they have all this extra stuff. And when it talks, when the Bible talks about entangling us, it talks about a serious hindrance that encircles, it hampers us, hampers someone who desperately needs to advance, somebody who's desperately needing to make progress, but there are things which hold us back from making progress. Sometimes I see this in people. Sometimes I see it in myself, and I need to deal with it. The things that stop me from progressing, and that can be simple things. It could simply be not thinking enough of yourself and saying, well, I can't do that. I'm rubbish at that. I'm this, I'm that, I'm the next thing. And you talk yourself down, and you talk yourself out of so many things. And yet, the Bible says that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Okay, we need to do work within our calling. I can't be an astrophysicist because that's not how I'm gifted. But the people who are gifted to be astrophysicists can use that gift to bring glory to God. We all find our place because we all need to advance. And we thought about this last week as well. There is an interested enemy. There's an enemy who's interested in our progress or our lack of progress, which is more often the case. But we need to overcome. We need to overcome the enemy. The fastest woman in this year's marathon, London Marathon, I don't know if you saw this in the commentary, she actually fell. She fell over a speed bump. That's her right at the back there, getting herself back up. She felt, I hate speed bumps. And this is why we hate speed bumps, because they cause people to trip up. I have a car. I had a car. And when I drove over the speed bumps in Stonyburn, my exhaust fell off. And then I was going through Stonyburn, same car, 
over the speed bumps, and then another bit of the exhaust fell off. I'm like, I should just get the whole thing done at the one time. Speed bumps are bad. They're from the devil. Okay. <laughs> so when our council put in speed bumps on the road, it's because they're being influenced by the enemy. They're being influenced by the devil. Okay. Speed bumps, bad. Okay. And they're bad for the environment as well, because you've got to slow your car down, speed it up, slow it down, speed it up, using more fuel. Am I making sense here? Lord, we're trying to look after the planet, and people are putting speed bumps in the way. Jeez. The fastest woman in the race this year fell over a speed bump. But what did she do? She got herself back up. And quickly she was back into the back of that pack, and she ran the race. And she went on to win the race in two hours, 17 minutes and 26 seconds, beating her personal best by two seconds, I think. Amazing. And that's after a fall. So if she hadn't fell, but, but just as she gets herself back up, and that's a picture of her winning the race, by the way, just as she picked herself back up, we, time and time and time again, need to pick ourselves back up. When we realize that we're falling short of God's standard, we say, what am I going to do? Am I going to stay down here or am I going to pick myself back up? Am I going to confess? Am I going to repent? Am I going to get myself sorted out with God and get myself back into this race again? That's what we're going to do because we need to run with perseverance the race that's set out for us. Do you know there's a mini marathon that the kids do? It's 2.6 kilometers long and the kids do this mini marathon, that would be more my sort of standard. <laughs> 2.6 kilometers. And one of the kids said this, I don't really want to run, I just want to get a medal. <laughs> and I thought, that's absolutely priceless. Absolute honesty. I don't really want to run, I just want to get a medal. And I wonder how many of us in the Christian life feel the same way. I don't really want to run, I just want to get the medal. I don't want to go through all the hardship and the training and the pain and the sweat and the tears. I just want to get the medal. But who knows that that's not how it works, right? As we go through life, we have the blood, sweat, and tears. We have the pain. We have the fallouts. We have the, all the stuff that goes on in life. We need to deal with that stuff as we're going through life. What did we say earlier? I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. And in my opinion, there's a certain stamina associated with the life of faith. In this passage we read a moment ago, the writer said, none of them received what had been promised. I wonder how we would feel if we just felt we're doing all this hard work and we're not seeing anything that's been promised. We'd begin to get discouraged. We'd begin to get disheartened. We'd begin to think, maybe I should go somewhere else. Maybe I should stop going to church, because what's the point? As so many people do these days. None of them received what had been promised. But it's that ability to keep going, to keep getting back up, to keep refocusing on the main thing. And I would suggest that faith is persevering towards things that you can't see yet. Faith is possessing now what you don't have in your hand yet. By faith, we apprehend things. By faith, we see things. By faith, we see the miracle happen. Just reading about the miracles of Jesus, 
And when people came to him, he often said, your faith has made you well. What are we believing for? What are we holding out for? What are we needing a miracle in? What area of life? What causes us to keep getting back up, to keep going? I think it's the realization when we grasp that we're part of something bigger. All those people who went before us, all the people who are our heroes that we look up to, we're part of something bigger. Today, as we said last week, this is our turn. It's our turn now to play our part, to run our race. Do you know, as we think about how we apply this in our lives, the Bible says this in First Corinthians. I apologize if the writing's quite small, but I'll read it anyway. Do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one gets the prize? Then uh, sorry, run in such a way as to get the prize. Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. Therefore, do not run like a man running aimlessly. I do not fight like a man beating the air. No, I beat my body and I make it my slave so that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified for the prize. We go into training. We discipline ourselves. And discipline's a really hard word to say these days because people don't like discipline. People don't like accountability. But in order to win the race, we need to work hard. It's not just about us. We can do all things through Christ who strengthens us, but it's about us leaning into that. It's about us giving ourselves to that and getting into the process. How do we do this? We train, we discipline, and we stay focused. And these are hard things to do. What do we train? We train the body. First of all, we train the body. I've said this so many times now. We only have one body, and everything that we do lives in it. And when our body's struggling, and we know people who are part of our church and their bodies are struggling just now and they'll know exactly what we're talking about, how hard the other things become when the body's not in the right place. And I remember when I was doing my uh, bodybuilding stuff many years ago when I was Josh's age, um, obviously it didn't work. Um, <laughs> and uh, I remember making a big deal about it when I was talking to somebody and they said, oh, they quoted that verse from the Bible and it was in the King James Version, bodily exercise, ex I, can't, I can't speak King James, I just realized. <laughs> What's with all these eths, as somebody once said? Body, bodily exercise profiteth little, was what I was told and I'm like, huh. But I, I kind of quite liked doing that. Um, but anyway, and I just kind of thought, it's not until you get older that you realize the effort you put in when you're in your 20s to keep yourself fit impacts on your 30s. And the effort you put in in your 30s to keep yourself fit impacts on your 40s. And the effort you put in in your 40s impacts on your 50s, as I'm finding out, because I didn't do enough in my 40s. And, and, it's, and it's this all the way through. We need to look after the body that God has given us. It's an old way of thinking to think the body's bad and the spirit's good. It's kind of... That's Gnosticism. The Bible talks about it. I don't know if you get the stuff from the organization whose name is just went out of my head. They, talk, they sent out a thing about Gnosticism. And where the body's bad and the spiritual things are good. That's not true. 
Everything that we do, God has designed it to be done in our body. And so let's look after it. We need to learn that we can't run a 400-meter race at a 100-meter pace. If you try to live life at too fast a pace, you'll burn out. And sometimes, sometimes we need to learn how to rest. We just need to learn how to take a rest. We need to run at the right pace. Coming back to marathons, the average speed in a, a marathon winner's pace is 13 miles an hour. Usain Bolt ran 100 meters at 23 miles an hour, and he peaked. His peak speed, as they measured it, was 27 miles an hour. Imagine being able to run faster than the West Lothian speed limit at one point in time. <laughs> Sorry to begin back here, but West Lothian Council, 20 miles an hour is of the devil, okay? Man, the amount of people that nearly ran into the back of me doing 20 mile an hour, I'm like, I'm doing, I'm trying to be a good boy and stick to the speed. And people are right up the back of me, and I hate people driving up the back of me. And that's causing me to be sinful. <laughs> and I don't like being sinful. And then I have to go and repent. I'm like, Lord, I'm sorry for, I didn't swear at the person, by the way, okay? 20 mile an hour. Whose stupid idea was that, eh? I, I think it was the West Lothian people trying to be posh like the Edinburgh people. The Edinburgh people are posh, aren't they? They're all posh in Edinburgh. And we drive at 20 miles an hour, and we have bike lanes and all this kind of jazz and bus lanes. And Oh, why am I talking about traffic? Anyway. <laughs> Usain Bolt at his peak hut, 27 miles an hour. But he can't run a marathon at 27 miles an hour. He would explode. And it's like us. We can't run everything in life at a sprint. We need to learn the times when we need to pick up the pace. We need to learn the times to rest. We need to train. We need to look after our body. We need to look after our soul. Guard your thought life. The things that occupy your thinking. If we don't, then they will get us down. They will drag us down. They will slow down our pace. And I, I said this in the message that last time when I spoke about this. Our wounds keep us occupied with the past. Our worries keep us occupied with the future. Never in the present his mind is, to quote Yoda. If we get obsessed with the things that people have done to hurt us and our woundedness and the things that people have said and sticks and stones will break our bones but names will never hurt us, what a load of rubbish because the things that people say affect us really badly. Let's be honest here, which is why we need to think about our words. We need to think about how we speak because the way that we speak can wound other people. But if we're always focusing on the wounds, it keeps us in the past. If we're always worrying about the future, what's my mortgage rate going to go up to? How much is the oil going to go up to? And I know that it's a struggle just now as we all face uncertain times, as we look at the world that we live in, as we look at what happened in Thailand, as we look at the floods in one part of the country and the droughts in another part of the world. If we always spend our time worrying about the future, then we're never living in the present, fully present with God. What we need to do is to live fully in today. Remember that we're transformed by the renewing 
of our minds. And our minds are renewed as we spend time in the present with God, talking about the things that we need to talk to God about. We need to exercise our spirits as well. Guard your relationship with God. Guard your relationship with other people. Guard your relationship with yourself. Keep your spirit right at all times. Try not to get into a situation where you react because often when we react, we say the wrong things. Learn how to pray and do it. Put it into practice. Pray. Pray every day. Pray more than once a day. Pray about the stuff that you're struggling with. If you're struggling to pray, pray about praying. It's a great place to start. Grow in your knowledge of God and your relationship with God. And that takes time and it takes that steady plod every single day, getting to know who God is, building a relationship, reading the Bible, reading the Word of God and allowing it to read you, praying and getting into His presence. Break everything down into manageable chunks. Don't try to become Billy Graham overnight because Billy Graham didn't become Billy Graham overnight. We sometimes want to do the big thing before we've learned how to do the small thing. Let's do the small thing and let's see what God does with that. And we can only be effective on one front at a time. You read in the Bible about battles and there was the, the people were here facing the enemy and then all of a sudden they realized that the enemy was behind them as well. And that was a struggle for them. They had to fight in two fronts at the same time. We can't fight in two fronts at the same time which is why we need to have each other's backs. And it's hard work. And you can see the face of the runner who's finished the race. Does he look like he's having a good time? <laughs> you think, why do you do that? Because there's something about finishing the race to accomplish something that you thought was impossible, but actually it's not impossible. There's something about that hard work paying off when you cross the finishing line and you go, this is amazing. When you set yourself a challenge, even a physical challenge, and you accomplish that challenge, you go, wow, that was great. Even if it's only one press-up a day for those who are into press-ups. Obviously, in here, nobody's into press-ups. I can see you, okay? So let's move on. And Paul said this, just as I finish off. I press on towards the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. He talks about that in Philippians 3.14. I press on towards the goal. There needs to be an end goal to what we're doing. The end goal is that we enter into eternity, but not just on our own. We're bringing other people with us. The Bible says that he who wins souls is wise. She who wins souls is wise. People who win souls are wise. Let's not just seek to get into heaven on our own by the skin of our teeth, but let's be praying that we're bringing some people with us and that they're bringing some people with them. And let's press on towards the goal to win the prize. The prize. And somebody said this, and you know, I've heard it from a few different sources, that the Queen had said on one occasion, I hope that Jesus comes back before I finish my reign so that I can take off my crown and set it at his feet. The prize is far greater than anything we could ever hope for in this life. 
money, possessions, position, whatever it is that we think is important in this life, the prize will outshine everything for which God has called each one of us heavenward in Christ Jesus. I'm not in too much of a hurry to get to heaven. I'm quite happy to wait in my time and my turn. But when I'm there and we sing our songs of worship in all these languages of the world, we sing in praise and we give glory to the King of Kings and there's a throng there from every nation, every tribe, every tongue, every language, worshipping the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And we'll take our crowns off and we'll realize that none of us were really worthy after all, even when we thought we were. And we'll say, how good is our God? We need to retain that mindset after church is finished. We need to retain that mindset on Monday morning. And the question is, the question is this, and it all comes down to a response. And we all need to respond to this question. How will you run? How will you run? Will you give it everything you've got for God? The song that we sing in Treasure Kids, I'm giving everything to God. We'll maybe do that one in church one time. Because he's given everything to me. Let's bow our heads in prayer, the band's going to come back up. Father, we just thank you that we can come into your presence today. We've been in your presence, we're in your presence, and we will continue in your presence when we leave this service today. Lord, we pray that as your presence goes with us, that you'd help us to stay connected to you, help us to stay focused on you, Father, help us to remember that there's an end goal in mind, that, Father, you have a prize for us to collect. And, Lord, we want to run our race with everything that's within us. Lord, through thick and thin, Lord, when we hit the, the bumps in the road, the things that trip us up, Lord, may we get back up again. And, Father, we pray that we would keep running that race in such a way that we win. Father, help us to stay focused on Jesus to keep our eyes fixed in Jesus, as this passage goes on to say, the author and perfecter of our faith, it all originated in him, our faith. Everything that we have originated in Jesus. And he is the one who is perfecting it in us and will bring us to a place of perfection one day, that we may keep our eyes fixed on him and to run our race with everything that's within us. And Father, I pray for every single person in earshot of this message today. Father, you would help us to run with perseverance the race set before us. Father, every single person, every family, everyone who's online, everyone who's in the building here, Father, may we run with perseverance the race which you have set out for us. And Father, there are some people maybe today who need just just that touch in their body from you. Father, those who are struggling to run the race just now because they're unwell. And Lord, we think of Heather back in hospital again yesterday. Lord, we just ask that your hand would be upon her. Lord, as she's probably joining us online this morning. Father, we pray that your power would come into her body. Father, she needs a miracle. And Lord, we pray that that miracle would come from heaven and that you'd give her the physical strength to run the race. Lord, we thank you for her tremendous attitude and spirit. And we pray that you'd encourage her at the very core of her being, that you'd lift her soul up, lift her spirit up and keep her eyes fixed in you. But Father, we're asking for a miracle of healing to flow in her body. And Father, there are people in here today who need a miracle of healing to flow in their bodies. 
And Father, we ask that that miracle would come. Lord, we pray that you would fulfill your word. Father, that you would fulfill your promises over this church. And Lord, that we would see those promises being manifest, the kingdom of God being manifest in our presence. And Father, we pray that people will be drawn irresistibly to you. Father, not because of anything clever we do or say, but because they fall in love with Jesus. And so, Father, we pray may there be a manifestation of your presence. Father, when Jesus walked the earth, people flocked to him because there was that manifestation of the kingdom of God. Lord, may it come. May your kingdom come. May your will be done on earth in our lives, in our families, in this church, in the communities that we represent. May your kingdom come and your will be done. And Father, we just realize that maybe there are some people today and they've not even started the race. They've not even begun the race. They've not made that decision to get signed up for the race yet. And Lord, we just pray that you would move by your spirit and hearts. Lord, anyone who's hearing this message today or recorded later, who's never made that decision to follow Jesus into the race, Lord, we pray that this would be the time when they do that. And if you want to get involved in this Christian race, if you want to get started, then pray this little prayer after me and just tell somebody that you want to start this race. You want to get involved and you want to uh, run the Christian race. You pray this prayer. Dear God, I thank you for bringing me to this place today. I pray that you bring me to a place of freedom inside. That you would set me free. And that you would come into my life. That you'd forgive me of my sin. The stuff that entangles me. Make me clean. Help me to get to the start of mine. Help me to run. Give me the strength to do it. In Jesus' name. Amen. And Father, we just pray that you'll fulfill your word over this church, over every single person who's here, over every family. Lord, we pray, fulfill what you have promised, fulfill what you have spoken. Lord, may it come, may that time come. And Father, we pray that we would give glory to you, the King of kings and the Lord of all lords. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Please stand. We're going to uh, sing a new song today. Um, And the song is a prayer from our hearts to God today. We need a miracle. We need many miracles in this place. So you might not know the song. If you do join in, if you don't, you'll pick it up as we go along. Let's praise him again.
need miracles. Lord, we long to see them happen in our day, in our generation, in our time. Father, may the kingdom be demonstrated in our time. Father, this is our time to run the race. It's our watch. Father, we pray that in this church and in the churches that surround us and across this area of West Lothian, Father, that your spirit would be poured out. Father, that you'd create miracles. Father, that your kingdom would come, that your will would be done. And Father, that those miracles of the kingdom, would we would see them with our own eyes. Lord, we're already seeing things with our own eyes that are miraculous. And Lord, we thank you for it. But Lord, we pray that you just sweep across this nation of ours, this nation that needs to hear some good news. Father, we pray that you would come by your spirit and that your spirit would move across this nation of ours. Lord, we pray, come and revive this nation, we pray. Lord, take us into this week knowing your presence, your strength, your power in our lives. Lord, we pray, help us to just discipline ourselves, to surrender ourselves afresh to you. Father, whatever it is for each of us that we need to do today, Father, we pray, help us to lean into those things. Father, to see your kingdom come in our lives. And Lord, we just pray that you would receive all the glory. In Jesus' name we ask. Amen. Amen. Lord bless you. Have a fantastic week. Great to see you all today. And just have a fantastic week.